Have you ever heard the term fake news? I bet you have. I bet you hear it all the time now. And maybe you have started using this word yourself in in a number of different contexts. Hi, everyone. Alexis Brooks here, back with another episode of Conscious Commentary. And I do mean conscious today because I want to have a little bit of a chat with you all. I want to talk about word memes. Word memes. What is a meme? I'm sure you all know what that term generally means. This uncanny ability for words and other behavioral tendencies to spread like wildfire throughout culture, modern culture. And, you know, I've always been very uh, keen to watch. First of all, I've always been just completely fascinated with human behavior, human behavior, uh, habitual tendencies, and of course, most importantly, human potential. But today we're going to talk about some of the habits. And to me, folks, what I feel is something that really, really needs to be examined uh, quite honestly. Um, I just wrote a post which will uh, accompany this little podcast called Fake News and Other Word Memes That Control Culture. How do we get caught up in word behavior? And by getting caught up in word behavior on some level, is this ensuring, I know this is a strong statement or question, is this ensuring the eradication of the individual? If you have been following my work on higher journeys, you know that this is not the first time I've covered this subject. And I have to admit, today is, um, I think I used this before, there's the whimsical and the and the serious. This is This is serious because I, I'm seeing this more and more. I, I figured I'd use the whole fake news, that particular meme, because that seems to be the latest <clears throat> in our societal lexicon that is being uh, being mimicked and broadcast from politicians to to um, anchor people to, to lay people. It's just amazing to me. And any time a word, phraseology, let's call it, is rolled out and how quickly, how quickly it spreads, how it becomes so ubiquitous so quickly, is still, it's not that I don't understand it. I, I fear that I do actually kind of understand how this happens. And we, I want to get into that a little bit. What might you get out of this? Before we even get into it, I, as always, whenever I'm speaking to you wonderful, wonderful individuals, I, before I get on the mic, I want to make sure that I leave you with something that you can ponder for yourself, that you can contemplate, that you can perhaps correct, or maybe you're just nodding your head saying, yes, I know what she's talking about, whatever it is. I hope that you leave this rather sobering uh, uh, discussion with a bit of positivity, because I do think that what we're talking about here, uh, if it's taken seriously, and we can sort of self-correct if, in fact, we are part of uh, using, you know, phraseology that's rolled out. If we can correct that, I think we can, you know, the big E word, evolve. I think we can start to do that. But I want to get into, this is not about fake news. It's not about fake news at all. At all. I just figured I'd start uh, using that as a jumping off point because we know darn well how ubiquitous this has become, very much like the term selfie, and other words that we hear and expressions. 
It is just amazing to me, folks. And, you know, this is not something that is new. We know this. Not even in modern culture. I think, obviously, this whole idea of mimicking one another, particularly with language, um, is ever-growing and has certainly become even more prevalent in modern culture. But I don't know that this is a new thing. I'm going to quote someone that I have quoted before, and I have quoted this individual in my book, Conscious Musings, and I I don't think it can be said enough. This is a quote by uh, the philosopher and clearly controversial uh, writer and essayist Oscar Wilde, who said the following, most people are other people. Their thoughts are someone else's opinions, their lives, a mimicry, their passions, a quotation. Interestingly, I went and looked up the uh, the origin of that quote. I think it's important to do that because there are a lot of quotes by a lot of famous people. Some of them may not be true, or maybe they're misquoted or taken out of context. So I said, let me let me dig a little bit and find out where this quote came from. And it, it turns out that it came from a book that he actually penned while he was in prison. Uh, I need to look a little bit more into his story. I know it is quite controversial, but he was quite outspoken and I believe penned quite a few essays while during his stay in prison for whatever reason. This book was written in 1897, 1897, and published in 1905 in a volume entitled De Profundis. He proceeds, and it's obviously it's a fairly long read, but I wanted to kind of get a little bit of context for where he came to the most people are other people famous quote. And it's preceded by the following. It says, quote, it is tragic how few people ever possess their souls before they die. Nothing is more rare in any human. I think he's quoting Emerson where he, where he says that. Nothing is more rare in any man to possess the soul, says Emerson, than an act of his own. It is quite true. I remember when I first read the most people or other people quote, I thought, that's it. That's it. Why? But, but why is that? Why is that? Why is it that words in particular, and I, I do want to kind of focus on that, are picked up unquestioningly or questionably. I don't think I said that right. Without questioning phrases, expressions, and even tones of voice. I thought about this, accents. You go to a certain part of the world or even in our country, in the United States, different parts of the country, heck, even within the same state, depending on what town you're in, people will sound the same, even though they'll they'll differ from maybe uh, area to area. But why is that? Because people are other people. They're so quick to, I don't know, is there something in the consciousness of man, or I, I would say in the, in the brain mechanism, a part of the brain mechanism, I dare say the reptilian brain, the lower brain, that has a need to mimic, to be like others, essentially. We're talking about a tribal tendency, and I, I'm by no means an expert on that. But I find it interesting that, you know, when we're talking about tribal behavior, we're talking about a behavior that is adopted by a certain group, whether it's, you know, the way they walk or or their dialect and the need to band together. So 
again, I think that as we fast forward to modern times and as we watch, and I, I dare say there's an escalation of word play and word rollout uh, in our, what I would say, diminishing vocabulary, not expanding. Um, it's doing something to eradicate the individual. I mean that because I think that the more you're quick to adopt what's cool to say, or not even cool, I don't even think it's about being cool anymore. I think people are doing it and they're not even thinking, picking up phrases and terms and words. Man cave. You've heard me talk about this before, guys. The man cave. I'm a foodie. Um, gosh, there's so many, and I'm not going to get into it. It's not important, but you know what I'm talking about. Where is that coming from? Why is it that people are so willing to give up the individual for being the we? I want to talk about another uh, post that was recently written. And I, I realize I'm bouncing around here a little bit, but I'm just kind of winging it. I want to really just kind of hopefully get this message across to you. If you are one of those people that have a tendency and look, I, I'm not judging. I'm just, again, trying to get people to think about what they're doing and saying and how they're behaving, particularly if they're not too happy with the course of where their lives are going. Question, am I like behaving like everyone else, which is why I'm in a rut like everyone else? (laughs) So I guess that's kind of where I'm going here. Um, Defending the individual. I want to quote a great post by uh, somebody that I have had the pleasure of interviewing in the past. I'm definitely going to get John Rappaport back on. He is uh, the uh, publisher of No More Fake News, interestingly enough, as we start out this post or podcast on fake news. Uh, This is a name he gave his website many years before the fake news meme rolled out. But he recently did an article probably about... Oh, a few days or so ago, he really pumps out the posts. This this uh, post is called The Free Individual Versus the Deep State. Now, obviously, this is quite controversial because it talks about um, the control system and how the control system uses certain um, measures to uh, ensure that the we exist, but the I is gone, the individual. He says, The people who run society are engaged in bringing systems and structures into interlocking alignment in order to create larger and larger machines of control. I keep returning to this territory because the whole thrust of modern civilization is making the individual extinct, powerless, badly educated, adrift in technology, viewed as a unit tied to a massive collective. This is the picture of the individual. That's what he said, end quote. If you understand that it is no mistake that there are certain systems by design who understand people, understand how the human brain works, that have clearly exploited what I would say is a weak link in human society, and, and and really exploiting, which in some cases are very good, the tribal aspects of who we are and the origins of that, but have exploited that for their to their own end. And I do feel, I agree with John Rappaport, who's written lots of individuals about the um the eradication of the individual. I agree, because I see too many people that are behaving like other people and not even aware of their individuality. I, in fact, have a chapter in my book called uh, The Emergence of Individualism, where I talk about um, 
the, the, the consequences of not recognizing our own individual behavior and asking ourselves, each and every one of us, am I really being me or am I being somebody else? The whole idea of adopting, you know, trends in, in fashion, basically everything we do in modern culture, folks, is based on most everything is based on what somebody else has done or what somebody else has rolled out. And the scary thing is most people adopt it without even questioning it. So back to words, because I think if in fact there has been some sort of um, agenda to erase the individual, which I'm very suspect of, words are so powerful because it's our means for communication, at least up until this point. You probably also have heard me talk about the emojis and how emojis are quickly replacing our ability to speak with our mouths. We're now speaking with our thumbs and the thumbs are speaking to icons. I don't use them anymore, folks. I got to tell you, got to start somewhere. I really don't like to text. I'll put that on the record too. I do it because everybody else does it. (laughs) No, I do it because it's convenient. But believe me, I would much rather use my voice and pick up the phone or better yet, uh, see you in person. But nonetheless, words are still a very, very powerful um, tool of culture. And I think when they, the proverbial they, realized that words could be used to shape image and shape reality and shape behavior to engineer behavior. They started ramping up the program of rolling out these words and, and quickly dictionaries. Do, do you know that the word selfie is in the Merriam-Webster dictionary? I believe it is. I need to double check that, but I know it is in some dictionaries. This acceptance, you know, we call it um, urban culture, right? Slang words, uh, whatever. But they are now being really promoted by our academic institutions and really ushered into the formal lexicon of of the English language. It's really something. But there's it's more than the words that we speak. It's the implications. I'm not going to get into the fake news thing. In fact, I ask in the post, most of the people are familiar with the term, but do you know where it came from? And I'm not going to go where it came from. I do. But that's not what this is about. The scary thing is that most people probably would say, you know, I don't actually. Was it Trump? Because he says it all the time. Look it up. Go ahead and look up where that term came from if you can find it. It has to do with a scandal and how the mainstream news was uh, hellbent on calling that scandal fake news. And I'm going to stop there. I haven't covered it on my show. I don't know that I'm going to because, again, repetition, there's there's lots of you can find a lot of information on where this came from. Um, So I do think we really, really, really each and every individual for themselves needs to be examining the words that they use and recognizing whether, in fact, they are picking up on terms that they hear elsewhere. Ask yourself that question. Why did I say that? I do it myself. You know what I love to say? (laughs) Now, admittedly, we're, we're all creatures of, you know, mimicry, I guess, to an extent. Here's the one that I love to mimic. 
because it just seems so apropos. When somebody says something crazy or something outrageous happens, I'll say, really? Like, really? (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? That's also one of those expressions that's relatively new, but I just love it. So I'm guilty of it too, a little bit. But, but I'll say to myself, Alexis, why did you say that? I give myself permission to do a couple of things. But I think when we realize we're starting to pick up other people's expressions and language, and opting to to not use our own, I think it's it's a wake up call. I think it's an opportunity to look at ourselves and say, am I an I? Or am I a we? Am I an I? Or am I a we? It's difficult. And obviously, I, I will not be able to 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 cover this in the, the way that I would like to in the span of uh, 15 minutes. In fact, I'm gonna check the time here because I'm over 15 minutes. But I would just invite you uh, to really think about that because I, I'm seeing this roll out more and more new words, per- particularly with the proliferation of technology. I think it makes it easier in social media, I, sh- I might add, makes it so much easier for for words to magnetize and phrases and terms and ideas to become ubiquitous, literally overnight. Um, and people don't question it. I want you to question it. I want you, and I'm going to leave you with this, to ensure that you remain an individual. That is not to say that we don't connect with others. But first and foremost, we are individuals with individual thoughts and ideas, the power to create, not copy. Again, I want to emphasize there's nothing wrong with picking up a fun little phrase here and there. But once it gets a hold of you, you realize, I think I've lost me. Go back to that. I'm going to leave you with that. You know, I, I didn't even begin to scratch a service, and I and I realized that I was probably bouncing a bit all over the place. But uh, this was kind of pulling my attention today, so I wanted to share that with you. Fake news. Mm. Let's see how many times we hear it on TV and all around us in the next. I don't know. I don't think that's going to go away anytime soon. And and here's here's something else that we can do. Now that I have brought your attention to this whole idea of language and phraseology introduction. I want you to keep an eye out for what the next word meme might be. Because believe me, you, there'll be one coming up soon. And watch how quickly it catches on. And you'll see what I'm talking about. Moreover, see if you're using it. So a little experiment. So, so we can kind of get a hold of what's happening here. Don't be other people goodness sakes be yourself because you are beautiful thank you as always for tuning in to conscious commentary my little podcast as part of higherjourneys.com i'll talk to you soon until then i'm alexis brooks